All right, everybody, welcome to the Sober by Design podcast. Um, This is going to be a little bit of a different episode. No intro music for those of you that listen a lot. Um, I just kind of wanted to jump right in. This is the final episode of the year. I have taken a couple weeks off around the holidays just to catch up on life and make sure that everything was handled for the family going into the holidays, as well as just sort of catching up on some rest for myself. Um, 2023 was a long year. And for those of you who have been listening over the past 29 episodes, you kind of know that a lot of the reason that I record this podcast is to show that people can, you know, find fun, enjoyment, fulfillment in life without the use of mind-altering substances. Um, It is sort of the core of what I feel recovery is given me and what I think that it can give other people. Um, So many people think that recovery and not drinking is just a a life of, you know, boring nights at home, um, just sort of hanging on and not trying to use, not trying to drink, and, and that's all you can focus on. Some people just take recovery as you know, finding the next 12-step meeting um, or just spending time with your sponsor. But for me, for my past 11 and a half years of sobriety, I have really focused on the idea that my sobriety was going to be, you know, driving towards a life worth living. Um, I didn't get sober to just be sober. I got sober so that I could enjoy time with my wife, my kids, friends, family, community. And um, that's what I've been doing as best I can. Um, Obviously, life still throws challenges at us. And not every day, every week, every month is is wonderful. In fact, most of the days are are tricky. They're tough. Um, You know, a lot of people would, uh, you know, post things or say things after work in their normal day-to-day, like, uh, you know, you could use a drink after today, or boy, that was a long day, let's go out for a beer, or whatever, and, um, you know, I still have those days, and uh, we all do, I just choose not to drink after them, I choose to find some other way to sort of go about my life, um, understand that bad things happen, things are hard and that if I drink, it's not going to get any better. In fact, if I don't drink, the odds of me finding a solution to the bad day, the issue is is really well, well within my grasp in, in a short amount of time. Um, for me personally, 2023 did have a lot of challenges, um, you know, and I, I don't really want to focus on them, but I do want people to understand that I don't just you know, have all this fun stuff that I do and all these great moments. Um, you know, there were challenges around my dad's health, um, which continues to be a challenge to this day for me. Um, work is always a challenge. Um, while I enjoy what I do, it is stressful. And, um, <clears throat> you know, recently has provided quite a few mental challenges and, and it started to, you know, get to me a little bit physically, um, in that I'm taking it home, the hours are a little bit longer than I would like, and, and some of the mental challenges and just sort of <clears throat> what I've been doing isn't really bringing me the joy that I would like to have out of a professional um, career. 
Um, and it's something that I got to focus on moving into 2024. Um, also had health challenges around our house with my immediate family. Um, obviously, there were the little ticky-tack things like stuff breaking around the house, pipes, um, things not working. Uh, we had a car blow up on us. We had just paid off uh, our second vehicle. And I think a week or two later, um, the engine seized on it. And uh, while we had just finished paying for a car, I, I managed to um, inherit a, a larger car payment a, a month or so later. So, you know, not everything has been uh, rainbows. Um, but that being said, it was another year of sobriety and, and a ton of great things happened. So I wanted to kind of go over them um, kind of as a year in review and explaining to you that like I do live my life fully um, in my recovery. And I think other people should. And, and maybe some of these things that I've experienced can help you understand that if you just stop drinking for some amount of time and you don't use substances to alter your mood and your mind, um, you can really uh, live your life and understand what's going on. Um, you know, this year I was fortunate enough to um, last January, I'll just start with January because I, I figure it's best to go in order. I went to get a tattoo with my older son. He wanted a tattoo. Um, he had loved tattoos since the age of, gosh, I don't even remember. I want to say third grade, fourth grade. We would watch Ink Masters on, um, I think it was on Spike. And he just loved watching the tattoo, We the tattooers and... Uh, we took him to a tattoo convention for a birthday of his, and he got to meet some of those, you know, famous tattoo artists. And, and he had been wanting to get this done for years, obviously. And, um, you know, early in January of 2023, I was able to take a day and go get a tattoo with him. Um, it's something that I'll remember. Obviously, I have the mark on my body, and he has the same on his um, his was a, a commemorative tattoo for his grandmother and uncle. And I think it'll be something that he, you know, can wear proudly for the rest of his life. It wasn't a, there was no mistake. It wasn't a, a tattoo that wasn't thought out. And it was something very fun and special for us to do. Um, I'm sure some people might think different, but um, we definitely live our lives with our kids a little bit differently and we treat them as adults as best we can and let them make their decisions. Um, if we know it's not going to bring them immense harm, we kind of let them go about it and, and see how that's going to react. So that was one of my first, uh, big moments of the year. Um, right after that, we had some great success with our younger son in school. Um, he had been struggling, um, I would say academically, for a while, um, always just kind of on the cusp of that BC student, never really able to come over that hump and, and find that academic success. He tried hard for a long time, but would always kind of struggle a little bit with concentration and, you know, that would kind of tumble out and, and affect his grades. Um, but in the spring of this past year, he was able to make honor roll for the first time. And then the joy that I saw in him and that sort of esteem that he got from, you know, the hard work that he put in and the hours and that 
that concentration that he put in in school. You could see it in his face. And he was just so proud to, um, you know, bring that slip of paper home and see his name in the local newspaper. It really was something special. And again, like, I'm here fully seeing the whole the whole progression of that, um, you know, it could have been easy to, you know, in the past, past versions of myself might have slipped away um, and kind of missed parts and pieces of all of that. But I was here through the struggles um, and, and in the struggles with him. And, uh, and then I was here for the success of it. And that, again, is what I preach. I mean, you got to be here for all of it. Um, and that's where the, the joy in, in life comes from. Um, it's been real fun to watch. And then right off the back of that, we got to see our oldest son graduate high school, um, this past year. It was, again, um, you know, something that I've, was part of from the start, obviously, um, early on in his, you know, elementary education, I was still drinking. Um, but I did quit pretty early on. So I was watching him sort of maneuver through the grades and, and just have success. Um, kind of the opposite of my younger son. He, he my older son, uh, doesn't struggle academically in school. It kind of comes naturally. Um, you know, he has been able to sort of maneuver and get A's and just do well on tests and, and not really have to put that much effort in as of yet. And, um, you know, watching him graduate towards the top of his class, um, you know, make his decision around college and just be part of all of that in the past, in, in 2023 was, again, just awesome to be here for something that, um, you know, I wouldn't have missed um, didn't want to miss and, and happy that I could be here. Um, you know, some of the fun things that we've done, um, over the past year, music, uh, if you've been listening to my podcast, you know that every week I do recommendations on music and we do go see a lot of shows, my wife and I, and we have for years. Um, so this year, um, I'm just going to point out two shows that we saw, that really brought me um, a tremendous amount of happiness. And I was just happy, you know, happy to go, to be able to go see these things. Um, these aren't the only two shows that we saw, but these are the two that bubble to the top. And um, one, we, we went to see Noah Kahn um, in upstate New York early on his leg of his, his U.S. tour. We had bought the tickets for um the boys and my older son's girlfriend and we planned this trip and this was well before noah became sort of this superstar um this was before all the shows were sold out before it was impossible to get tickets but we had bought these tickets and we went to a um an apple orchard um, in upstate new york and saw him and it was an amazing experience one because um the weather was perfect um, the ven and then two the venue was was stellar but but mostly because we were there with our kids and um, we have done a couple local shows with the kids but nothing to this uh, nothing to the size we had brought Winston a long time ago to see Dispatch and Guster but he was young it was a different type of event and and I don't know that he was 
well, he was into Guster at the time. Dispatch was not his his thing. Um, but all of the kids and us, we all really appreciated Noah's music before going in. And I think coming out of that event, we really appreciated it more. Um, I've seen a lot of shows in my life and the atmosphere at the venue was amazing. He put on an amazing show and the crowd was so engaged, um, mostly younger females in the crowd. I would say 20 something females. So I was way out of place. Um, but man, they just were, it was like a back and forth with him and the crowd and the lyrics and people were crying. It was very different. Um, probably more emo than the dashboard conventional show I saw back in the uh, early 2000s. Uh, it was it was definitely um, something I'll remember. The energy was great. The show was great. And um, we are going to be going to see him again in Fenway next summer. Really looking forward to that and letting the boys experience Fenway without having to see a Red Sox game. Seems like a win-win. Um, the second show which is was close to 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 this show for me was um just recently my wife and I got to go to Levon Helm Studios in Woodstock, New York. It's about 2 hours from our house, so not close, not far. Um but we decided to go because a band that we had seen at Newport Folk Fest, Blind Pilot was playing there. And Blind Pilot hadn't done any shows out east in years. Um it feels like since maybe since we saw them at Folk Fest, and that was back six years ago. Um, so it had been, been some time, and they had advertised four shows on the East Coast, with, with this one being the closest. And we had never been to Levon Helm Studio. Um, for those of you who don't know, Levon Helm was the drummer in the band, the band. And um, so you know songs of his without a doubt um you've heard them <clears throat> if you've listened to any music in your life you've probably heard a couple of the band songs and um you know i i knew it was going to be intimate venue but stepping into the barn was just different um the most different venue i've been in in, in maybe my life um very small uh, don't think there was a bad seat in the house we had seats but you could also be standing up in what would be like the hayloft or behind the stage which was really cool and then the band came out and we were we were two rows away from the band so super close the band came out um, they were missing a couple of their members but put on a stellar show and really they were there sort of working out new material for an album in front of the gentleman who was going to be producing it so this was like his first time hearing it. Um, and obviously our first time hearing it. And it was just really cool to hear those songs mixed in with uh, a bunch of songs that we had known and and come to love over the years. So all in all, just a, just a great show, great experience. And we will be going back to Levon Helm Studio. So again, just another fun night. Um, didn't need alcohol for any of it. Um, Noah Khan, Blind Pilot, any of the shows I've been to. Um, I'll just tell you that for me, being able to go to shows 
not drink, come home and remember them fully has been uh, amazing. I mean, I can go back and still remember, you know, sets from Folk Fest six years ago. Um, you know, I can remember all of the shows that we've been to and parts and pieces of all of them over the past 11 plus years. And there's a lot of shows that I saw before that, that, you know, I can't recall much of anything. Um, I know that I was at places, but, you know, for me, a music lover, this has been um, one of my favorite parts of, of sobriety is, is the ability to go and just be in the show and, and really listen to the music and, you know, remember the venue and be able to pick out parts of, of all of the, the evening. Um, it's, it's been a true joy. So that was for me, um, one of, one of the better, the better, uh, two of the better experiences of the year that we've done for fun. Um, the other couple things that we did this year that I think are really fun where we went on, we went on a couple trips. We've done a couple trips. Um, again, um, not spending money on booze. I can manage to go on more vacations, which has been a real pleasure. Um, been able to share that travel with my kids, my wife. Um, we meet friends in a lot of places, other family. And this year was just, was just really different for us. Um, this year, we managed to do our furthest trip as a family, and we went to Vancouver, Canada. Um, we went for about 10 days. <clears throat> it was um, the first international travel for Desmond. Um, Winston had been out of the country. No, he hadn't been out of the country. Um, so his first passport stamp, too. Um, Got to say, Vancouver was awesome. Um, there were some great moments in there. Um, being able to go see the Pacific Ocean with Renee for the first time uh, together, I think was was really special. And we took a hike and went down into these um, tide pools off of Vancouver Island and um, just driftwood and just a different any a different beach than anything I've seen here on the East Coast. And we've been to a lot of beaches on the East Coast. So it was different. And then seeing the kids get into the, the chilly Pacific was was quite a, quite a treat. Um, the city of Vancouver was really nice. Not the highlight for me. Um, the highlight was definitely Vancouver Island, um, which is what it sounds like. It is an island off of Vancouver. Um, Victoria, the city is there. We did not get to Victoria, but we stayed more in the middle, very rural part of the island. And, and we just spent... I think four or five nights in a cabin right in the right in the middle of the island. Wonderful Airbnb hosts, wonderful location. We had our own private swimming hole on a creek. Um, they had a dog that was amazingly friendly. They were amazingly friendly. Um, we just kind of cooked there, ate, sat around on chairs on this little dock by the creek and, and just had a really nice time. It was so relaxing and and just great to you know kind of catch our breath see um sights that we had never seen before and um you know something that i know i'll remember and i hope that the boys will remember as they 
sort of move on through their years. Um, the other thing that we did that I really enjoyed was we did get to Whistler, the, the Olympic Village. Um, and while there, Renee booked us a zip line. I don't want to call it a tour because it wasn't a tour. It was a zip line experience. Um, it was pretty amazing. I did it with just the boys. Renee, you know, took us to the base and then we left and hiked and got on a bus and then got on a gondola and then got off of the gondola, then got on another bus and then we hiked some more and eventually we landed at a, a very high peak and um, we ended up, I think it was the fifth longest zip line. I don't, I don't know. I want to say it was a mile and a half. The whole experience once we got off of, on and off of the zip line, I think it lasted maybe a minute. It was incredibly fast, incredibly scary for me. I'm not a huge thrill seeker, um, but the the two boys went first, so they were gone within a split second of stepping off of the ledge. And then they asked if they had parents. So I raised my hand and I then became the person to follow them. Um, really cool, different perspective to see anything. Um, I wish it was a little bit slower so I could have taken in the, the sights from, from this, this elevation and sort of just how you're traveling through the air. Um, but, but something I would maybe do again. Um, the other thing that we did in Bank in Whistler was we did go to a couple lakes, and one of them was a glacial lake, um, something that I had never experienced, and um, just just again a completely different thing that we're just not going to see here in New Jersey. You know, the milky water, super super cold. I am not a cold water person. Um, I grew up as a swimmer, competitive swimmer, and I. I spent a lot of time in the water and just, I don't know, now, um, while I can still swim quite well, it takes me a real long time to get into any kind of water unless it's a hot tub. Um, so I stood sort of up to my knees for about two hours straight and uh, I think my legs just went numb. Caught a good sunburn that day, um, but I know that everybody else in my family like, I think I might have gone under actually towards the end. Anyway, I know everybody got under the water at least for a bit, um, which was cool. So that was Vancouver. Um, the other trip that we did um, was sort of, and this is not normal for us, this was a little abnormal. We came home, I think we were home for about a week, and then we did another long weekend in Canada. Um, this time on the other side of Canada in just outside of Montreal, we went to Montebello, um, which is a, a town outside of, of Montreal. It's probably 40 minutes West. And there is a resort there that, um, I had been to back in the early 2000s, 2001, could have been 2000. Um, and my mom, stepfather and brothers would go there. They've, they, they went multiple times, um, after that trip that we all went to. We, when I went in 2000, it was a family reunion for my mom's side of the family. Um, my mom continued to go there with my brothers for years. Um, 
they just loved it. It's a uh, Montebello Resorts. When we went, it was independently owned. Now it's owned by Fairmont. Just a wonderful old log cabin right on a river. Um, sort of restaurants right there, activities. Um, you know, what you would think a family resort should be. Um, and then sort of elevate it to the next level. Again, not something that we would typically do. This was a little bit outside of our norm. Um, first off, back-to-back vacations, and then staying in a, like a higher-end resort like that is not our thing. Um, but we did it, and um, we did it in celebration of my brother Mark, who had passed away um, a couple years back. Um, he wanted us all to go to certain spots And while we hadn't been able to coordinate some of them, um, we really made an effort to uh, coordinate this one. Like San Francisco wasn't possible. That was just my brother. Burlington, I believe, was my brother and my stepfather. And then Montebello, um, there was a a group of us that went. And uh, it was, you know, it was somewhere that I hadn't been in 20-some-odd years. And... You know, I I think that my brother sort of requested this one because this is what he wanted, where he wanted to to be. Um, but two, and I think more importantly, he wanted us to experience it again and remember what that was um, to be there. Um, I think it's a spot that he really found joy. And and having gone there again, I can understand why. I mean, it it was like. It's idyllic. It's, you know, you're you're there on this campus and there's access to great food and pools and you can go play games and you can go rent a bike for, well, not rent a bike, you can just go take a bike. Um, you can play miniature golf all day. I mean, our younger son just ate the place up. It was, it was wonderful. And I think that's what he wanted for us to, to remember. Um... And then also just remember what it was like to sit around and talk to the people um, that are important to you. Because that was the other thing that happened in this hotel. You're spending so much time eating together and sitting around the pool and then at night playing backgammon on the built-in boards or Scrabble or, you know, you weren't sitting. This was, you know, when I had gone there, it was pre-smartphone. When he had gone there, it was pre-smartphone, but... It felt, when we were there, like it was still sort of pre-smartphone, if that makes any sense. And finding places like that, I think, are a real challenge today. And the fact that he put us back there and and made me remember that that still can exist um, was really... uh, it was a move from beyond the grave, that's for sure. Um, and something that I am um, appreciative of from him, uh, for sure. So those were some of the bigger things that happened this year. Um, I did want to touch a little bit on, on some of the, the more fun stuff and uh, media or whatever I want to call it, things I liked about this year um and i'm gonna start out with my favorite restaurant which i didn't think i would actually talk about because i don't you know we go to a lot of the same restaurants to eat 
Um, we've been to some great ones in the past. We live just outside New York City. We've been to Vegas. We've been to some great other cities. Um, had I've had some great meals in my life. I'm lucky to say that. Um, some of them through work, some of them personally. And um, I appreciate the experience of going out to dinner. Uh, I really appreciate the experience of going out to like a great dinner. And I will, I will search those out. Um, but the best restaurant that we ate in this year was somewhere that we ended up in Vancouver. Um, we had gotten there. We, you know, we took the long flight. We did the whole day. We were exhausted by the time that we got into the city. And we were just looking for food close to our condo. Um, we were on just whatever random block it was in Vancouver that we were staying on. And we walked... Um, I believe we just walked down the street to try to find a restaurant. We had one place in mind. We got there. It was not, it was a bar. There was like no tables. It wasn't a real restaurant. Um, I think we might've tried one or two other places. They just didn't strike our fancy. So we stumbled into a, a Japanese slash sushi place um, called Tokyo in April. Um, didn't look like anything spectacular. It looked like any other sort of takeout kind of, you know, Japanese restaurant. And, um, we sat down, Renee and I ordered some edamame. Then we ordered a bunch of sushi. The boys ordered, uh, chicken teriyaki. And then I think Renee might've ordered salmon teriyaki for her meal. Um, and the food came out and it was it was out of this world. I mean, it was better than um, some of the high-end sushi that I've had in New York. Um, the chicken teriyaki was great. Desmond actually stood up and applauded the chefs. It was an experience for sure. And if you ever find yourself in Vancouver, I, I do suggest that you um, visit Tokyo in April. It's down by the um, the arena and well worth the walk if you are at the Vancouver Arena. Um, I actually have a shopping bag from there. We took it home. Um, they gave us. We we went back the next night. We got takeout from there um, the night after because it was that good. And even the takeout held up. So um, you can do takeout if you go. So that's my restaurant pick of the year. Again, um, just really out of this world food. Um, and just shows you that you can, if you go to a, and, and this is just another point. In Vancouver, like all the food we had was good. Um, we have food in the aquarium. It was better than like half of the restaurants that we eat around here in, in New Jersey. Um, you know, it's just, they put a little bit more effort. Um, I continue to hear that. I continue to hear that around the world the food's better. It's a challenge that I need to get over this year and, and understand how to maybe feed myself better, feed my family better. We try. I, I think it is a bit of the food sort of supply chain here in the States. It's a challenge. Um, there's just a difference. And I experienced it in Vancouver. We experienced it in, in Montebello too. The food was, was just better. Um, I don't know how to explain it. Um, very weird and, uh, sort of disheartening. Um, the other things that I always talk about, and I just wanted to get a couple out, and you've probably heard a lot of these if you are a listener of the podcast, 
But um, I don't really have any movies to talk about this year. We've seen some movies. None are sticking out in my head as great films. I haven't done the whole Oscar, Golden Globe, Best Picture tour. Um, I haven't done that in years. I've kind of used to love movies. I've, I don't know, fallen out of love with them a little bit. Um, TV's gotten so good and there's just so many shows and I'd rather be invested for eight hours than, you know, an hour and a half and have a story sort of truncated on me and told in a hurried manner. Um, just kind of where my brain is long form or short form. So this year, you know, there's a lot of shows that I've loved, um, couple that are going to rise to the top for me. Um, one, um, there are all the real estate shows on Netflix, not the world's best television by any means. Um, but I, I love them. So the selling sunset, um, which is the Oppenheimer group, um, it is, I'm guessing very much like the bachelor or, you know, love is blind or any of these other sort of overly dramatic shows um, for whatever reason, this Selling Sunset, and then um, I believe it's Selling Beverly Hills, uh, which is the Molansky group, they they both just captured my attention. Um, I, I think it's the actual real estate part that I enjoy, um, just seeing these ridiculous houses being sold for millions of dollars, and then seeing who sells them is really the, the part... I mean, it is. It shows that so much of this world is who you know, um, you know, and, and a lot of these real estate agents, you know, had come out of maybe a more social sort of network, um, and then leveraged it to be able to sell homes back to these multimillionaires. Um, just kind of mindless TV that I've I've had on in the background. Um, a couple other shows. We just wrapped up watching Shelter, which is on Amazon Prime. We watched that with Des. Um, it's a young adult series made by Harlan Corbin. It's a book series. It's actually called a Mickey Bolitar um, series. It was really good. Prime canceled it, of course. Um the language was a little over the top to be watching it with Des. We just kind of got over it. It was almost as if cursing wasn't a thing in their universe. Um, but the story itself was quite good. And, and there is a book series. So I think, you know, because it wrapped up short and Des was like wanting more, uh, I think the positive is that he wants to get the book series. It's the first book series he's asked to read. So yay for reading. Um, so win-win there, right? Got to watch a good show, and now we are going to be reading together, which is awesome. Um, another one that came out this year, The Diplomat, um, that was on Netflix. Always love a good sort of government-based political drama, and they did a great job with this one. Um, really, really fun show to watch. We had loved all of the other ones, like The Americans and Madam Secretary and, um, you know, The Lone Survivor, all the, these these shows. So The Diplomat, I think, did a good job of the drama mixed with the comedy. Um, 
I, I would highly recommend it again on Netflix. They are going to have a second season, so I'm not telling you something that you can't watch again. Um, the last show, no, two more, two more. Um, we watched again this year with Des, um, we watched uh, Schitt's Creek. I know it's not a new show. I know I've mentioned it before, but um, there's a couple great articles about Schitt's Creek out there and, and kind of what it what it actually means. Um, it's a goofy show. It's It's got comedy. Um, it's got cheap jokes. Um, it's silly. You know, the cast is a silly cast. But the way that it's written and the way that the characters progress and the subject of this family losing sort of everything and having to move to a motel in the middle of nowhere and and find a new path and then watching them find that path and support each other and, and sort of find each other again over the seasons and episodes. For me, it is... It's a show that is about this idea that you can, you know, always start over as long as you have your people. And I, you know, I continue to understand that more and more. Um, you know, we have a pretty tight nuclear family in this house pardon me that was a cough um i'm used to having a guest um so going back we continue to have a very tight nuclear family in this house um and and that's not by accident you know we have really worked hard at this uh, renee and i um we i said i think i said earlier we engage our kids we try to make them feel like they're part of the the process here that they always have a say. Um, we try to make sure that they know they're supported, but also responsible, you know, run that fine line. And, you know, the idea that, that, that you know, this show portrayed, hey, you know, your, your nuclear family is always going to be the thing. And, you know, the select group of friends too, because they definitely had a select group of friends. You know, in the show, you'll notice you know, there were a couple instances where like maybe a, a, an older relative came by or something like this, but they weren't very in, in the mix of helping this family. Um, it was, it was, they were helping themselves and then this, this group of friends and the more that we go on, um, the more it's clear to me that that's kind of what it's about. Um, you know, we do have some very close family, um, and I'm not going to discount them, but, you know, I also know that, you know, I'm, I can count on Renee or Win or Des, and then there's this group of friends that I know, you know, if I called with a real emergency, they would be here in a heartbeat and I would be there for them too. You know, it's just, the, that's the way it is. Um, so Shit's Creek. And then the last show, um, and I've talked about a bunch is the bear. I mean, I know it's not a brand new show, 
Um, it is coming back for another season. It is, it's great. It's, um, one, I love Jeremy Allen White. I loved him in Shameless. I love him in this. I love, I love all the characters actually in The Bear. It's just, it's so well written. Um, every episode is filmed well. There's episodes that are touching. There's a few episodes that were just so stressful I couldn't watch again for a couple days. I needed a break. Um, but that just showed me that the writing was spot on. Like the tension that I would feel in some of these episodes was so real and would transport me back to times in my life where I could actually feel that tension. And I knew that tension. And I know the feelings that those people are having. And, you know, I don't know about working in a kitchen, but I know enough about all the other subject matter in there that now I believe every bit of the kitchen part as well. Um, so just a spectacular show. I, I can't wait to see the next season. Um, it, it ended on a kind of a weird note. And um, yeah, so the bear, again, the shows were Shelter, The Diplomat, Selling Sunset, Selling Beverly Hills, Shit's Creek, and The Bear. Those were my shows of the year. And music. Music is a hard one um, because I don't always just listen to new music that's come out. But 2023 did have a couple great releases. Um, and so I'm just going to throw a couple out there. <laughs> Um, so one, Justin Vernon put out another album this year, um, well worth a listen. It's on Spotify. He's a musical genius. I love just about everything he puts out and this album did not disappoint. It's one that I just put on play and, and, and listen straight through. Um, not a lot of albums like that anymore for me or, you know, I think for anybody, we live in a very single um, driven world. It's, uh, it's interesting cause you can just release music on Spotify one at a time. So I don't know that many people are really thinking album. Sometimes they're thinking single, they're thinking TikTok hit, but Justin Vernon put out an album and it stands as an album. Uh, give it a listen. The other album that I think stands really well is Michael, um, by Killer Mike, rap music, hip hop, Probably not everybody's cup of tea, but I am a big Killer Mike fan. I love his stuff in Run the Jewels. I love his Netflix show. He's just a great dude, Bernie supporter, and um, really focuses on his local community and helping them, and his music is great. So, again, another album, not just a song. Um, the... Other time that Justin Vernon popped in this year was on uh, the Zach Bryan EP. Um, two songs that I really uh, liked off of that. One was Boys of Faith, which was Zach Bryan and Bon Iver. Um, also Justin Vernon, same guy, same thing. Um, but that's a great song. And then Zach teamed up with Noah Khan on a song, Sarah's Place. Both really... Um, great songs. Zach Bryan's been killing it out in the music world. Maybe the biggest act in the country. I'm not sure, but, but definitely towards the top. Um, 
you know, huge commercial success, but he's continuing to just write good music. And the last song, just song, and it was off his, off Zach Bryan's new album, full album that he also put out this year was, uh, East Side of Sorrow. Um, the album was good. Um, I, I don't know that I would say that I could listen to that album in full close, close, but not the full, full album. Um, there's a couple songs that just weren't, didn't hit for me. Um, but my favorite song and, and one that I think sort of exemplifies his songwriting is East Side of Sorrow. So that to me, those were my, if I just had to say 2023 musical hits, that's what they were. Um, you know, I, I revisited a bunch of stuff this year, REM and some older Pearl Jam, um, but nothing new. So that's kind of what I had. Um, again, you know, this was just a rundown of the year. You could say that it was, you know, me just telling you what I did. But but really what this is, is me trying to explain through how I'm living, um, what sobriety's brought me. And, you know, on this show, I try to do that with my guests. I try to have them come on here. And I've been lucky enough to have, you know, 29 full episodes with some great guests. They've all come on here. I would say 95% of them are in recovery. Um, and they've all come on here and explained how they're living their lives in recovery. We don't dive deep into, I mean, some of the episodes dove a little deeper into sort of their, their origin story, if you would. Um, but we try to focus more on what they're doing today, helping people, helping themselves, living their lives, building businesses, you know, exploring fitness, finding love, um, you know, finding health. There's just been a lot of great stories on the show, and it's something that is going to continue in 2024. This was a goal. Starting this podcast was a goal of mine coming into the year of 2023. Um, I bought my equipment I believe in early January and then, you know, try to figure out what I was doing, you know, sat with it for a minute, but then got it off the ground. So it was a goal. And, you know, in 2024, I have other goals. One is to continue doing this, you know, bringing more content, trying to get, you know, I don't want to say bigger guests because it doesn't really matter. Um, just m more guests and hearing more diverse stories and, and and maybe getting one or two or 10 more people to to think about their relationship to substances and how they're living their lives. Um, you know, personally, other goals that I have, um, I got to work them out. Um, but, but I know that there's stuff that I need to work on in 2024. Um, I tend to try to work on myself daily, weekly, monthly, really tracking what I do understanding what's serving me, what's not. Um, you know, we have goals as a family and, um, you know, but, but personally I, I know I need to come in to every day thinking about what I could do better. And, um, for, for me, that's just evaluating, you know, how I live today. Um, did something go right? What did I do? And um, what can what can I do better tomorrow? So thanks for listening this year. Um, it's been a pleasure. 
I, I really look forward to 2024 and what the Suburban Design podcast can can be and what it can bring to this community of recovery. Um, and with that, everybody enjoy New Year's Day if you're listening. Um, and, you know, hit 2024 hard and, and really challenge yourself to become the better version of, of who you are today. And um, we will continue to talk and, and try to change people and, and, and again, how they're relating back to substances. All right. We'll see you here next week. Thanks so much.